Welcome to Mind Body Success with your hosts, Allison Swerdloff and Dr. Lisa Hart. Listen along as we take you on a life-changing journey into creating success by incorporating mindfulness, self-care, mindset, and personal development. Open your mind, let your adventurous side out, and allow us to motivate you to remove the hustle and overwhelm while shifting your current reality to the life of your dreams. Through conversations with high achievers, you will learn tips, tools, and strategies to overcome challenges and live a life of prosperity and abundance. Let the adventure begin. Hi, welcome to Mind Body Success. I'm Allison Swerdloff. I'm Dr. Lisa Hart. And we are so excited to be here with you and share who we are and how we got to where we are today. On today's premiere episode, we are going to interview each other, much like we'll be interviewing other successful individuals, learning how they incorporate mindfulness, mindset, and self-care into their daily routines on future episodes. So come along for the ride and get to know who we are. You know, Lisa, I think our listeners want to hear about who we are and what led us to starting this podcast. So why don't we start with you? I know you're a medical professional. Yes. How long ago did you earn your MD? A very long time ago. I I graduated um, med school in 92. Okay. And you've been practicing. You've I know you've practiced a variety of different medica- medicines over the year. I know you've done telemedicine, but you still do. Yes. You were in Europe for a while, if I remember correctly. Yes. And there I, um, that was before the age of telemedicine. The technology wasn't such that you could do that yet, but I ended up creating some programs, a lot like a course on ADD and different things. And um, at that time, I was mostly interested in just raising my children and enjoying the South of France, but, but I, I, I did um, create a program for ADD. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Now, just so people who might not know about us, we've known each other for, I think it's about eight years now, eight or nine years. And we met through a variety of places. Through We were both part of many coaching programs. We've been part, oh God, how many, how many have we done together? We've done like two or three different events together. David Nagel's programs, Fabienne Fredrickson, Suzanne Evans. For anybody listening, you know, some of these names are very well known in the world of marketing and business growth and development. So Lisa and I actually go back a long time, which is part of what led to our partnership with this podcast. But in more recent years, Lisa, tell us about what you've moved towards, because I know mindset and mindfulness is huge for you. But how did you get into that? Yes, it became pretty evident to me that a person's attitude has so much to do with their outcome and what they're experiencing. I really see this century as the century where the power of the mind is is the great frontier. I know that for, for instance, for various cancers, they have children playing video games and sometimes it's without even having any controllers, just with their, their mind um, shooting the bad cells and this sort of thing. And so, you know, it's been, it's being utilized in traditional medicine. And I'll say, I, you know, I've been a doctor long enough that feel like it's time to pass the baton for a lot of that. What I'm really interested in is helping people to 
realize that they actually have so much more control over their lives than they realize. Mm. Just the, the power of thought, you know, thinking, and then believing and knowing that you can change that. It's not like, you know, you're stamped at the factory and that's, that's what you have forever. We're not. <laughs> no, but we, we act like we are, right? We act mm-hmm. like and some people, some of us, I mean, I'm sure I have also will fight, you know, for that limitation instead of for embracing the fact that we do have control. So, cause there's a lot of power there. It can be kind of scary Definitely. and there's a lot of responsibility because if you, you know, if you take responsibility um, for having some control, then you have to accept responsibility for, you know, your outcomes too. You can't just always blame it on other people, which is pretty comfortable, miserable, but comfortable state that can get, become convenient and comfortable. Now, what did you, how did you study this? How did you, I know you, you're certified in this, but how did you get certified? Well, I have been studying personal development for many years, but then once I started studying under Bob Proctor, that was the first time that I was taught that you really can change your beliefs because the beliefs are always there. You can override them. You can override your beliefs for just temporarily with motivation, mm-hmm. but you're going to go back to your autopilot, which that's your, in your subconscious and it's your beliefs. So when I learned from him that you can change that, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to go house to house and let people know that they could change that. <laughs> Awesome. No, Bob Proctor is very well known in the field of personal development and dealing with paradigm shifts and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, using, so what I'm hearing is that using your knowledge that you had on your own, plus what you learned from Bob Proctor, it has morphed into you teaching others that they can control their lives. Right. I want people to realize that. And then once, you know, I'm, worked with Bob Proctor then, I realized he certainly wasn't the only one, but that just opened the door to people who were teaching that. And so many of them are the great masters who are no longer mm-hmm. with it. There's a lot of good teaching that is still, right. that's, that definitely informed who I am right now. So that in a nutshell is how Dr. Lisa Hart came here. <laughs> right. And... Allison, I know I'm very interested in the mindset and the mindfulness, but for you, I know it's self-care, but also mindfulness, really. But tell me, how did you get interested in self-care? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> that can be a long story, but I'll try to make it short. Um, I was married for over 20 years. I married young. I got married literally three days before my 23rd, 22nd birthday. Uh, So I was young. I was still in college. I got married. I did, you know, listened to my husband um, and I'm not bad mouthing him at all. He happens to be a wonderful person, but he kept saying we can't afford, we don't have. So I never went to grad school. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I never, you know, I ended up having to go to work full time. So I couldn't go to school and go on for my master's because I've finished college. I finished my degree after we were married. And I started working full time and, you know, things always came up. It was always, you know, the money's not there. We were newlyweds. We, you know, we didn't have. So fast forward a few years, we were living in a suburbs of New York. 
and decided to start a family. So of course, family took precedence. And don't get me wrong, I adore my children. They are the best things that happened to me, at, you know, and the best things that came out of my marriage. But about 22, 21 or 22 years after the mar- after we were married, I actually around 19 years into it, I had a lot of things happen. I lost, we had already lost my husband's brother, his brother-in-law. And soon after that, I lost my father in December of 2018, my grandmother in 2008, 2009, and my mother in December of 2010. Wow. And through that, I realized a few things. I realized that he really wasn't there for me and I was still the one doing everything. I was the caregiver. I was the one taking care of the house. I was the one taking care of the kids. I was the one who, and he still worked in the city. I was working locally so I could be around for the children. When I wanted to go back to work in the city where I knew I could have had a higher income, built a career, he's like, no, I want somebody to be local just in case because we had had some blackouts and you know other things. And I started feeling, and I was involved in the community, scout leader, everything. And I was just feeling that something was missing. And after my mom passed away, I realized a couple months later, I no longer knew who I was. I was a wife. I was a mother. I was a PTA president. I was a synagogue board member. I, you know, those were my identities, but the real me had disappeared. So I needed to do some searching. And I realized I not knowing who I was, I started what I consider my journey of self-discovery and that's still ongoing. And here, a number of years later, I started taking courses. I became a certified life coach. I then went on to do the Canfield training. Jack Canfield, it has become my mentor. He is the, one of the authors of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, as well as the success principles. And he has a goal to train a million trainers in the success principles. I took his train the trainer program online. And even with working full time, I did it in about four months and became a certified Canfield success trainer. And in that, very similar to you with the Bob Proctor trainings, I learned that we are in control of our outcomes and our lives. And the event plus your response equals your outcome, as well as taking 100% responsibility for everything in your life. And that turned things around for me because I realized there are so many people out there who are what I would consider a people pleaser. Everything you do is for everybody else. Sometimes you do it, you're very mindful that you're doing it. Other times it's just happens. We're parents. Our lives go to our children. And don't get me wrong, my children have always come first. But as a person, I can't give the best to my children or to my family or to my work or my community if I'm not taking care of myself, which is where the self-care comes in. And that goes along with everything I was learning because you have to be your best. In chronic illness, there's a sort of theory of spoons. If you don't have, in chronic illness, you only have X number of spoons per day. And once you've finished the spoons, you're done. I realized using that analogy, Mm -hmm. I was always on the lowest end of spoons because I was giving all of myself to others and not really taking care of myself. And that's where 
through my journey of self-discovery, I realized this. And that led me to want to help others in similar situations to so what I'm doing. I share to you. I know I've heard you personally say what it's not. I want to make sure people understand. What self-care is not? Self-care is not going to a supermarket without your children. Self-care is not hiding in the bathroom and cleaning the bathroom. Self-care could possibly be yet pampering yourself with a pedicure or a manicure, but that's not self-care alone. Self-care is doing something that excites you, that makes you feel whole, that re-energizes you. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think just walking around the mall is self-care. You know what it can be. But if you're going to go shopping, it's not really self-care because you have a work-oriented, that's a work-oriented mindset. If you're going, taking a walk at an outdoor shopping area to get the fresh air and you want to see some, do window shopping on the way, you know what? To me, that's more of self-care. It's doing something that is energizing, that excites you, that's for you and you only. I actually have started something and I'm, I am getting ready to host my first one, a self-care box creator, where you create a self-care box with items that you, that relate to you, that help you, that energize you. And whenever you, and putting it on your calendar that you're going to spend an hour on Thursday night coloring in your adult coloring book with your favorite music on with the headsets on so you block out the rest of the world or you're stressed and you need to do something to de-stress and you have one of those stress balls in your self-care box. Got it. And self-care is not something you do randomly. You plan it out into your week, just like you would everything else. Um, that makes a lot of sense because otherwise it's not on the calendar. It's probably not going to happen. Nope. And follow through on your calendar. And I'm not just talking about putting it on a to-do list. Right. Actually blocking out the time to do it Mm -hmm. and say, this is the time that is all about me. Make a list of your favorite things, of your favorite music, of your favorite movies, of your favorite books. For me, I mean, I read a lot of personal development books. And yes, believe me, personal development, I do consider self-care. But to me, that's also part of what I do, part of my business as a consultant. So for me... Self-care is sitting and watching a TV show that I enjoy, forgetting about the rest of the world, or reading a book for a novel in some of my favorite genres. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm doing it 10 minutes before bed, you know what? It's not personal development. I mean, and I read a lot of personal development books, but reading a novel for just the fun of it just to read the next book that an author, one of my favorite authors has written to continue a series. To me, that's self-care. It's true. It's a good perspective. Putting it on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Just 10 minutes. It should always, I I recommend it should be at least 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, you're just getting started when the time goes up. Mm -hmm. So I like 20 minutes to 20 to 30 minutes as the minimum. So I have a question for you. What do you wish people knew? Like if only people knew this. If only people knew that the best way to live your best life 
is to realize you are 100% responsible for everything that happens. And that's not to say you're responsible for abuse. It's not to say you're responsible for your parents' divorce, but it's reshape how you react to the event and reshaping by accepting that the events are happening because you're allowing it to happen. And it's not necessarily saying, okay, I'm accepting the abuse. I'm not accepting abuse. And I'm using, I'm just using that as an example because I was in a verbally and emotionally abusive marriage, but I allowed it to continue for 22 years before I stepped away from it. So because I allowed it, I was responsible for it. I'm still a victim, but it's how I reacted afterwards that took me out of that relationship. I'm still friends with him. We'll always be connected to our children, but I'm not living with that Mm -hmm. anymore because I've taken responsibility and moved myself away from the environment. That's what people need to realize that by reshaping their thoughts and re and it goes along with the mindfulness, reshaping how you think about things allows you to move forward. And I think we both agree with that and both have started moving that into our own lives to get to where we are now and taking the responsibility for everything happening in our lives Mm -hmm. to get here. And we just, that's what people need to realize by reshaping their thoughts about what, where they are today and changing their mindset, they can accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. I'll tag along what you said. I mean, to me, it's accepting what is certainly taking responsibility. Certainly we can, we can't control what happens to us all the time. We can set up what we attract, but sometimes things are just going to come at us, but we can control how we react. and. I think we need to love ourselves more. Just, you know, like, gosh, give ourselves credit, especially when you take on the journey. You're not on autopilot anymore. So it can be kind of heavy knowing that you're, you are responsible and showing gratitude, but also gratitude and love for ourselves. That, you know, I'm enough. You know, like Marissa Pierce says, I'm a fan of hers also. It just sets you up on a better foundation. It's not just all about striving all the time. That's part of mindfulness, just accepting what is. To me, it means accepting what is and and being aware, but removing as much judgment as possible and just being really present. And then you're really, you're grounded to then take another step. Yeah. Our thought processes are very similar and that's part of why I know we work well together. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I am glad that we were able to sit down today and do this. And I hope that our listeners have a little better idea of who we are and where we're both coming from. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to, for the lineup of people that we are working on getting as guests on this. I am too. Absolutely. Yeah. And we both, gosh, we both have such a depth of life Mm -hmm. also. So I'm super excited, really excited. I can't. And we know so many people who have become successful just following you, doing a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. So there we are. I think we finished our first episode. Thank you for joining us today. I am excited. Stay tuned to and subscribe so that you can listen to further episodes. And 
Yes. I think that's it. Lisa, have a great day. And you too, Allison. Thanks, guys. Look forward to seeing you next time. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Success Podcast and being part of our amazing community. We hope you have enjoyed this conversation and gleaned some tidbits that you can incorporate today to start changing your life. Our goal is to be your guides and we look forward to continuing to provide amazing content. Don't forget to join in the discussion at mindbodysuccesspodcast.com for full show notes, resources, and further conversation. If you have a specific topic idea, feel free to recommend it. We We look look forward forward to seeing you on our next episode. episode.